Would the congregation please stand and face the procession? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God of all mercy and consolation, come to the help of your people, turning us from our sin to live for you alone. Give us the power of your Holy Spirit that we may confess our sin, receive your forgiveness, and grow into the fullness of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake, God forgives us all our sin. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sin. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. Let us pray. O God of creation, eternal majesty, you preside over land and sea, sunshine and storm. By your strength, pilot us. By your power, preserve us. By your wisdom, instruct us. And by your hand, protect us. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. You may be seated. A reading from Job. The Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind. Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Gird up your loins like a man. I will question you, and you shall declare to me. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me, if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? And what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone when the morning stars sang together, and all the heavenly beings shouted for joy? Or who shut in the sea with doors when it burst out from the womb, when I made the clouds its garment, and thick darkness its swaddling band, and prescribed bounds for it, and set bars and doors, and said, Thus far shall you come, and no farther, and here shall your proud waves be stopped. The word of the Lord. A reading from 2 Corinthians. As we work together with him, we urge you also not to accept the grace of God in vain. For he says, At an acceptable time I have listened to you, and on a day of salvation I have helped you. See, now is the acceptable time. See, now is the day of salvation. We are putting no obstacle in anyone's way, so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God, we have commended ourselves in every way, through great endurance and afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, holiness of spirit, genuine love, truthful speech, and the power of God, with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left, in honor and dishonor, in ill repute and good repute. We are treated as impostors and yet are true, as, un as unknown and yet are well known, as dying and see we are alive, as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing, and yet possessing everything. We have spoken frankly to you, Corinthians. Our, our heart is wide open to you. There is no restriction in our affections, but only in yours. In return, I speak as to children. Open wide your hearts also. The word of the Lord.
The Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. When evening had come, Jesus said to the disciples, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him with them in the boat just as he was. Other boats were with him. A great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that the boat was already being swamped. But he was in the stern, asleep on a cushion. And they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He woke up, rebuked the wind, said to the sea, Peace, be still. Then the wind ceased, and there was a dead calm. He said to them, Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great awe, and they said to one another, Who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Grace and mercy and peace be yours through Jesus the Christ. Amen. And they said to one another, Who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. If it happened to me once, it happened a dozen times, uh, usually on a Friday evening wedding rehearsal, and honestly, usually the father of the bride would come to me to the side and would say something like, uh, Reverend, I know you got some pull upstairs. You think you could do something about the weather tomorrow? And over the years, I learned to say, I'm in sales. I'm not in production. <laughs> I'm going to open up this huge can of worms right now, just enough to tell you that we're not going to cover any of it today. Can God control the weather? Can God intercede in nature, in biological, physiological, meteorological processes of nature? Or did God somehow set the whole thing up and now is limited by the natural law that she created and now has to just sit back and watch it all happen? That discussion is 5,000 years old. We're not going to cover it in 20 minutes today. What I want to do is, all I think I really can do with this today, is just think for a few moments about those guys in the boat and in the storm. These, these guys are not uh, tourists in Galilee who paid a few shekels to go out on the lake. They are fishermen, real fishermen. Hard-working, blue-collar, back-breaking fishermen who know all about the physical challenges of the sea, been challenged all their life, seasoned by the sea. They've seen it all, pretty much all their life. But now in this story, they are scared to death. That's an image worth pondering, I think. Especially because we usually don't like to. Especially out here in the burbs where I live as well. Uh, relatively skilled, hardworking folks. We spend most of our lives insulating and protecting ourselves from the storms of life. And yet, they keep coming. And the disciples think that they're going to die out there. That's what you would call a motivator. 
Some of them are rowing as hard as they can possibly row. Some of them are bailing as fast as the waves are coming in the other side of the boat. Some are holding on to the sails as if even they know that's not going to be helpful. One guy or maybe two are in the back holding on to the rudder, not aiming anywhere, just trying to keep the, the, the boat aimed at the waves rather than sideways. And what's going through each of their minds, even if as men they can't say it out loud, is their partners and where they said goodbye this morning and their children and their grandchildren and all the things that are so precious in their life, their reasons for going out every day. Happy Father's Day, Dad. <laughs> Thirteen men's men out in a boat battling a storm, sucking in as much water as air, fighting for their lives, and they think that this is it. Actually, um, 12 of the 13 think that because Jesus is asleep in the boat. Which for me is one of the most confusing and curious passages of all of Scripture. When I was a kid, we used to go fishing up Rice Lake in Canada with my granddad. And this is long before anybody heard of anything called a fiberglass boat. And everything was a wooden boat. My granddad loved to fish. We'd, he'd go out at dawn if Grandma would have let him. But when we were there, he had to stay until we had breakfast. And then he'd come in at, at dusk. And we went with him and we caught some fish. But the, the best part every time, especially if it was kind of choppy, was he would turn that little wooden boat and pump that Evinrude motor for everything it was worth, and we'd be going into the waves, bang, bang, bang in the front, and be covered with water, just laughing ourselves silly, uh, which successfully ruined every water park I ever went to the rest of my life. <laughs> and I just have the hardest time imagining anyone, even Jesus, sleeping in that boat. So they wake him up. Now, I always get some sense of panic them, but I have no clue how Jesus woke up. Maybe he was a slow waker up like I am. Oh, how are you guys? Uh, and I can just hear them. Don't you care? We're going down. How about a little help here? Grab an oar, grab a bucket, grab a sail, do something. Not that they know themselves what to do. Or don't you care that we're all going to die? And Jesus wakes up. And he says, peace, be still. And it stops. It just stops. Mark says there was a dead calm. Let's shed some of our 20th century sophistication for just a moment. Um, 2,000 years ago, that little boat is not just floating on the water. It's floating on the dark surface of the deep. And in antiquity, the deep down there where you can't see, that's where all the demons dwell. One of the Bible's creation stories says that the earth was a formless void, but God brought order to it by separating the land over here and the deep over here. That really was the point of the first reading from Job, who is in a similar situation just over years as the disciples in a boat. Nothing's going well. And it doesn't appear that God's even listening. And so finally, Job starts to complain, and God replies back, Well, where were you when I made all the waves in the sea? Every culture has a water story. 
Moses led his people through the sea to dry ground. Greek mythology uh, guided souls safely over the river Styx. And we, we are drowned in baptismal water so that we can rise up to a new life. So what's going on in this story, there's a, there's a primal fear. And, and I want to suggest to you that that primal fear is still with us. Admittedly, we, we do not believe in demons in the water anymore. That's what submarines solve for us. And they don't put lifeguards at the pool so they can watch out for demons. So where are the demons today? If they're not in the water, where are they? Where are your fears? Where are your demons located? Fear leads us to some terrible places. The fear of dying can be worse than dying itself. The fear of loneliness we have learned during the pandemic is unhealthy for us as individuals and in relationships. The fear of conflict can make us cautious and timid and unwilling to say the right thing. The fear of what could happen or what might happen lowers our sights and clouds our hope and lessens our joy. The early church loved this story. It's included in all four of the gospel accounts. In fact, one of the earliest symbols of the church, which they chose for themselves, was a ship heading into the storm. Not away from the storm, but into it. The early church knew what it was like to be a little boat being buffeted in a big stormy sea. Small, insignificant movement of believers Paul says in our second lesson, tormented, persecuted, hunted down, arrested, tortured, executed by the majority of their community and by the government and the Roman Empire itself. And the early church loved this story. They loved any story that told the basic truth of their faith, that Jesus was with them always. That he had risen not just out of the storm, but out of death itself, out of an empty tomb. And that he was with them, in the storm with them, committed to them, bringing them constantly calm and power and peace. Richard Bodie wrote a great little devotional book called First You Have to Row a Little Boat. Uh, I always recommend it for young pastors who want to be steering big boats like Pastor John does. Let's first learn to do a little boat. And he says that we are taught, especially as men, sadly, a presumption of dominion is what he calls it. These are his words. We believe we own the world, that it belongs to us, that we have it under our control. But a sailor knows all too well the fallacy of that view. The hurricane, the typhoon, the sudden squall are all sharp reminders of the puniness of man. We are not in charge of our fate. We are subject to death and accident disease. We can, without warning, lose love, lose work, lose home, lose life. That's big stuff. It takes a lifetime to learn, to be honest. We are not in charge. We are not in control. And no amount of faith will make you be in control. And you know that because that's the source of most of our daily anxiety and stress. Everybody here knows what it's like at some point or another to be a little boat in a big storm. And sometimes the water is more primal than that. Sometimes the demonic 
looms right up out of the dark water. And I, I don't want to go down a negative hole for you all, but here's just a fast list. A, a young woman has skillfully balanced all the demands of her profession and her marriage and her parenting during a pandemic, only to finally go to the doctor and hear, I'm sorry, it's malignant. A little boy who has hemophilia after a year of doing school online is now afraid to go out because another bump or bruise will send him to the emergency room. He has to get a bunch of shots. An elderly mother in another city falls and breaks her hip and you can't visit her. A father who was once the strength and the wisdom and the joy of your life is unable to remember your name. We do our best. We should. We need to, to do our very best. But we don't need too many obvious reminders that we are not in charge. We are exactly, as Bodhi says, subject to accident and disease and death. We can, without warning, just lose it all. And so he, here is what I know. Here, here is the good news. We're all of us in that same boat. And yes, some of us are rowing, and some of us are bailing, and some of us are tugging frantically on the sails, and some are praying, thankfully, and sometimes it helps to whistle or sing or get in a pulpit and give a pep talk. We're all in the same boat together. And here is the good news that I know, that there is somebody else in this boat with us. Amen? Amen. Wow. I know. You see, uh, it's, it's, you feel awkward even just saying it to others sometimes. It's like he's way back in the back of the boat. I can't see him. They, they call that the stern in the Gospel of Mark. I'm not sure Mark knew the, the term stern. And, and he's sleeping or... And I know, I know, but, but he's in the boat. He's in the boat with us. The strength, the power, the peace, the possibility of God is in the boat with us. And I know that feeling that God is sleeping in the back of the boat. And I don't care how well or how often you pray, there are moments in this life when the wind is howling and the waves are crashing and I desperately want to know that God is in there working with me on my behalf and fighting for me and manning the oars and bailing the water. But it looks to me and to the world at some point it's like he's sound asleep. And out comes the prayer that, that I don't even want to say out loud. Lord, don't you care? Help me. And I love that part of the story because it's so honest. And it's not the end of the story. Mark says that Jesus hears his terrified friends and he awakens and he reprimands the wind itself and he says the demonic deep waves and to them, peace, be still. Vivid memory for me. Oldest son is in the Navy and had about a six-month-old child and I, for the first time, sent a Father's Day card to my son. The reverse process. I found this beautiful calligraphy card that said, sometimes God calms the storm, and sometimes God calms the child in the storm. And I wrote him a little note to say, you know, that's how it was for me as a father, that I didn't get it right, and I'm not telling you anything you don't know, son, but God is in the middle of it, and God can make it work. And so I'm, I'm praying for you on Father's Day. I, I have seen it happen. In the same way that God calms the storm, I have seen God calm the storm in me. And I have known men and women in the darkest moments in their lives, as any pastor has, whose families were in peril, 
whose children were being sucked down a dark hole, who were experiencing devastating loss or grief, who stared at the most dreaded disease, the deepest, darkest demons, and I have been privileged to hear them say, cannot explain this, Pastor. I know it sounds crazy, but I have peace about all this, and I feel like I'm being carried along. I know that there are storms in life. There are going to be hurricanes, tornadoes, tragedies, pandemics. Y'all might be going through a few yourself right now. And we're all going to go through deep water. The demons are out there. But something important was modeled for me in this story. Some rough and tumble, strong, real men showed Jesus their darkest, deepest fears. They show him the storm in the center of their life. And they ask him point blank, do you care, God? Do you care? Do you care that I'm going through this? And somehow, some way, inexplicably, they hear him say, peace. Be still. And when that happens, when you hear a word of grace, and we pray it happens when you are here in this community and when we gather at the table, when you hear a word of grace, something in you calms down. When you know that God is with you, even in the middle of a storm, you can sleep like a baby. Amen.
Let us confess our faith and the faith of the church in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Called into unity with one another and all of your creation, let us pray for our shared world, the church, and all who are in need. Heavenly Father, you bring a multitude of voices together from unlimited and diverse backgrounds to form your church. Open our hearts and our ears and help us to learn from each other every day. Lord, in your mercy, hear, hear our, our prayer. prayer. We are eternally grateful for all of your blessings graciously bestowed upon us. We are especially thankful for the mystery of your earthly creation. Loving God, give us the knowledge and desire to lovingly care for it as you intended. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We humbly pray for the will and the strength to cast out all evil and for the courage and determination to be steadfast in our faith. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those who work to keep us safe, peace officers, firefighters, and medical and military personnel. With your great and abiding love, keep them safe and divinely guide them as they do their duty. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Healing God, hear the voices of those who are crying out to you, suffering from illness, grief, distress, and any other adversity. We pray that you will comfort them in your loving arms, along with all of those who are in our hearts and on our minds, whose names we remember now, either silently or aloud. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of community, we give thanks for this congregation. Give us passion to embrace your mission and the vision to recognize where you are leading us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving God, into your hands we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your great mercy and everlasting love. Through Jesus Christ, our Holy Savior. Amen. We invite you to be seated for a couple of announcements. <coughs> Welcome to our service today. Welcome to those who are worshiping online with us today. I just want to remind you, it's just a couple weeks before we welcome our new associate pastor. Pastor Tim Wren will be joining us. His first Sunday with us will be on Sunday, July 11th. 
to welcome him that day, we are having an ice cream truck here. Seven o'clock that night on the front parking lot. So come, enjoy some ice cream, and welcome Pastor Tim Wren. Also, in the next couple of weeks, we are having a card shower for him. There's a display out here as you enter the east side of the church, that is, where you can see that. So far this morning, I saw there were two cards. We need more than that. His first Sunday is July 11th, so come on. So here's the deal. We want you to get a welcome card for him, and we want you to share with him something that is special about this area so he could share in that. Maybe it's a metro park, or maybe it's a boutique little hardware store, or maybe it's an ice cream shop, huh? a restaurant. So share that with him. Say, make sure you do these things while you're here in Dublin. And also, if you want to, in addition to the welcome card, you could put a little gift certificate in there. Like if you like Graders or Jennies, you could put a little gift card in there. You could also put, make sure that Pastor Jim and Pastor John come with you to Graders. <laughs> you with me here? All right. So please be generous. Uh, welcome him. He arrives here in a couple of weeks. His family won't arrive till August because they're selling a house, but he arrives on July 11th. I want to remind you that Vacation Bible School is this week. We were not sure what we were going to do, but we are going ahead with it. It will be Tuesday and Wednesday this week at the church. Today is the last day of registration, so make sure you get those kids registered today. We are back to sort of our normal worship pattern with ushers and servers and acolytes. We even have acolytes now. Uh, and for communion, we are going to back to our normal pattern. So you'll receive the bread from me or from the assisting minister, pick up an empty cup, and then the wine will be poured into your cup. If you're uncomfortable with that, communion is not compulsory, so you do not have to come forward. But we are going back to sort of our regular pattern of doing communion here at the church. I think that's everything. A lot of other things going on, even though usually summer we're sort of slowing down, I feel like just the opposite is happening. We're sort of winding up here at Prince of Peace, but that's a good thing. And now we continue our service of worship with the offering and with the offertory music.
Give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior, Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so, with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power, God, our maker, redeemer, and healer, in the harmonious world of your creation, the plants and animals, the seas and stars were whole and well in your praise. When sin had scarred the world, you sent your Son to heal our ills and to form us again into one. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, he gave thanks, and he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup. He gave thanks, and he gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people, for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Remembering, therefore, his acts of healing, his body given up, and his victory over death, we await that day when all the peoples of the earth will come to the river to enjoy the tree of life. Send your spirit upon us and upon this meal as grains of wheat scattered on the hillside become one bread. So let your church be gathered from the ends of the earth that all may be fed with the bread of life, your Son. Through him all glory and honor is yours, Almighty Father, 
with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, both now and forever. Amen. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated.
Jesus, bread of life, we have received from your table more than we could ever ask. As you have nourished us in this meal, now strengthen us to love the world with your own life. In your name we pray. Amen. May our glorious God grant you a spirit of wisdom to know and to love the risen Lord, the God of life. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen. Amen. Amen.